straight out of Leighton. You're listening to Nitwick Radio with your hosts, Logan, Aaron, Jake, and Cody. Bruh. Hello and welcome to Nitwick Radio. This is season three, episode five. Jake's on the album with... The Devil Faces of My Old Friends, Beneath Me by Hecra. And uh, a little later we're going to be talking about how many posthumous... Posthumous? Posthumous. Posthumous. Lamaze. Uh, albums we can, like, you ought to be able to get away with. Before it's grave robbing. A la ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt. And uh, Logan, really we're, we're dealing I'm with really a little crisis over here. here. Logan's got some pop filter problems. It's, ah! <laughs> we got some pop filter issues. You know, you know and as much as I want to like. You know what? I don't need a pop filter. Screw it. I'm just going to say all my P's with like, uh, you know, no, uh, no, no, it'll, be, uh, it'll just be all right. It'll uh, just be all right. He's been listening to BBC. We, we, we warn the audience. You could do it on top, bro, and it will be fine, probably. We'll, we'll fix it afterwards. This, this is quickly we'll Fix it in post. Me. Fix it in oh, post. Oh, gosh, no. I can already hear how bad that was. You said post, and it already sounded like Dude, it. Dude, just, just put it on. Here, put let on. me put it okay, on. Okay, just okay, put it okay, on. okay, okay. Let's put it on. This reminds me of a gag that I would, I like, okay, so I, I'm listening to the Ricky Gervais show again. And uh, just today, they had a gag where <laughs> Ricky Gervais was saying that he showed up a half hour early, You're and him, G. him, and the producer of the show were just uh, doing paper football with each other. And uh, Steve Merchant was like, "You know, you could have been preparing for the show." And then, like, once the show started, they several times like broke down. We're, we're kind of handling in in the office business, like, like they're like, "What are we doing?" or Who's got the next segment? And and Steve Merchant was like, you you guys were playing paper football when you could have had this show buttoned up. I'm going to just let you in on a little insight here. It's a based activity, Ricky Gervais. It's the best thing you've done in years. No, no, it was pretty good. He said he said they were playing five shots into the trash can, and if you didn't make it, then the world ends. Nice. The world Ooh, ends. A dude. Yeah. The world Heist ends with you. Ricky Gervais playing with lives out there. Heist. Not the first time. Yeah. Is that true? Ricky Gervais? Yeah. I don't think he's killed anybody. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's killed I anybody. I don't know, man. He's a rich dude. He's not like he's not like that one uh, Patton Oswalt who definitely killed his wife. He almost caused Tom Hanks to die of a heart attack during that freaking oh, award yeah. ceremony. Tom Hanks was deeply troubled. I have no idea. <laughs> have you not watched the Golden Globes? That well, was that was like three years ago now. Four years ago? ASMR with chapstick. You, 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 you really... <laughs> oh. Get out of here, dog. <laughs> no, not this part. When I open the lid. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend going and watching Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globe. I don't he, know if that's asking a lot. Basically, know. at the Golden Globe, he just he walks in and he's just making fun of them, mm-hmm. like super explicitly, but they kind of think it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, and they it, have to pretend it's a joke. Yeah, they're it's being like, filmed. Oh, oh, they're being filmed. It's like you are all blazing idiots. Oh, oh, oh you're all greedy and horrible. Oh, oh yeah, no, he's, like, he's, he's like, like half of you guys are pedophiles, <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like it's it's worth the watch. Yeah, I'll think about it. But Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks had an aneurysm in the crowd. Tom Hanks, like one of the better Hollywood liberals. Yeah. Well, so I, I listened to Tom Hanks and Conan and like 
Tom Hanks was like trying to be a bad boy because he's like, everybody thinks I'm a good guy. He well, can't be. I'm not a bad guy. He's like, I'm not a good guy. I'm yes, not a good Tom guy. Tom Hanks said that? Yeah. He's oh like God. on the show, like really trying to be kind of like. Like, what does he mean? Not a good guy. Oh, he's like, just like, he's like, everybody thinks I'm so wholesome. He's like, but I'm not wholesome. You know, like he's kind of like, <laughs> he's kind of like trying to break his own. He just kind of stops mid sentence and goes, frick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was profaning. A oh bit. no! I have heard him swear. HBO did a podcast on the 20th anniversary of Band of Brothers last year, and he was on the very first episode, and he let out a couple swear words. Well, he's sworn in movies. Right? I know, but that's I a mean, script. Like, it's not. It's not by choice. That, that, that's well, what he was I saying. Is so. He was saying, "I don't know why I've earned this title," and it's kind of a fair point because because I, I he don't... did movies like Forrest Gump. That's why he earned the he title. Big Gump deals with like AIDS, though. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, but like yeah, that, that's that heavy movie, subject matter. That movie is incredibly like wholesome. Oh yeah, like, like no, people I mean, you're think right. of that movie and they're like, oh yeah, no, well, yeah, but good story. Gotcha ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. But I, <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of don't know exactly where Tom Hanks earned that name. Well, in like Saving Private Ryan, he's like this heroic he's, good guy. He's the high school teacher that's yeah, out there like saving lives. Yeah, yeah. Matt Damon. Sorry, spoilers. Twenty five years on, like, just like, watch it. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Spoilers 25 <laughs> years later. Yeah, I think he deserves the Wholesome Man title. Uh, some big news, though. We bought Flume tickets. Dude, yes, we did. And we are you guys going to Red Rocks? Yeah. Yes, we are. Opeth and Mastodon are playing at Red Rocks, and I'm really thinking about going. <laughs> I've never been to Red Rocks. I haven't either. Yeah, we haven't either. Flume's got to be like... Uh, it's a really good show to catch there. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Well, I'm Opeth so played there like five years ago, I think, and they did a live album out of it called Garden of the Gods mm. or Garden of the Titans. And, uh, man, it sounds so good. I'm like, if this it just ha- sounds like a Utah National Park <laughs> it does. Well, podcast. It, it does. Garden of the Gods is a national park. It's in Colorado. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I thought I thought that live albums were trash. Until I heard Amperland, New York, and uh, Chicago, the Oliver Francis Chicago. Yeah, that Oliver Francis tape goes crazy. Did you listen to it? No. Get out of here. (laughs) I listened to Rush. I'm sorry. I'm a boomer. We got tickets. uh, We got pit tickets to Rage, dude, next year. Nice. Do you have any idea how exciting that was? Is that like me getting pit tickets to see, like, Rush? um, I would assume. anymore? Well, the pit insofar as what say. you saw as long as there's space for walkers. Uh, as long as Against for the Machine's going to have a pit for walkers, too. <laughs> Think about it. Everybody that was listening to him 35 years ago is going to be ancient by the time that concert yeah. actually happens. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, usually Anybody it's like... Anybody lose their dentures? <laughs> it usually, got a pair of dentures? Usually, it seriously is, though. It's like, if somebody goes down in the pit, man, you got to get them up. It's like, if somebody loses their tennis ball... They're the pressing pit. the life alert button. <laughs> somebody loses their tennis <laughs> ball in the pit. Beat me to the freaking joke. <laughs> Help, I've fallen in the rage pit and I can't get up. No, rage isn't going to be... I, I think rage is going to be, if anything, a little scary, potentially. There could be some big boys in that I think, I think we have a different definition of scary. Yeah, uh, well, we're all going to Touche, right? So... Oh, yeah. When is that again? It's like in April. We need to figure out the exact date because Riverside announced their 20th anniversary tour and I'm not missing Riverside. I so understand. If it's the same night, I'm going to Riverside. I'll, I'll double check for I'm, you. I'm getting my prog on. We have like 50,000 and I didn't get Igloo Ghost yet. I will. Is that this, this weekend? Week. It's next weekend because it's the same night as Tsunami. Yeah, it's next weekend. Okay. And I will get those tickets like ASAP. I Sounds just, good. I've had a crazy week, but um, yeah, anyway, we got a bunch of shows. 
we tried to get rage tickets twice and we got sold out twice and then scalpers were selling them for like 250 where are you guys seeing them at arizona okay they're playing in like yuma on the border right yeah. yep yeah that was the original plan i think was just like a few shows along the border yeah it's gonna be 20. it was like the same way when inside out zach's band before rage did like a reunion in 93 they only played in states where like they had a heavy native american population which was subsequently wiped out so utah is where the last ever wow. inside out show happened dang i didn't know what that. was that show you told me at a Betos that you went to a show and and zach de la roca was rumored to show up oh yeah and he didn't yeah it was a different band he played guitar in called hard stance um there is a band i didn't know he played guitar yeah he does uh, well i did see that video of him in like mexico or oh, whatever. spain spain, spain. Yeah, yeah. there's some video of him just in spain like and playing he's, guitar he's not angry at all in that video he's yeah like, he's like with the familia hmm. It, it's wholesome. It's kind of no. It really Tom was. Hanks was applauding, dude. Dude, Tom Hanks loved it so much. <laughs> Ricky Gervais kind of made fun of it. Anyway, Zach uh, De La Roca playing? Oh, oh, oh! No, the Tom Hanks thing. Um, uh, I was like, what? We also went to Dream Theater. We did. I, yeah, dude. How Theater. did James Labrie sound? Great. Oh, 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 Labrie. Yeah, not I, well. Don't opinion. ask me because I I've never liked Labrie that much. I'm not a huge fan myself, and partially, I mean, like. It was similar, like it was the same last time I saw Dream Theater too, because it's like the, it was the last time you saw him when we saw him. Yeah, yeah. The, the mix of him, you know, he he was he was l- less prioritized in the mix than anyone else. Probably and, for and, the best. And he, he yeah, should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did not <laughs> come. He didn't he come blew through. His very vocals clear. out in like two thousand and three and never recovered him. The thing, the thing about it was when he first came out, like literally first song, big epic thing. His mic was like cutting out, like every like word. It was like. Uh, Honestly, and that's then, what he gets for playing at E Center, though. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. But then but, he, but then, but after after, after that, like, like his mic started working, but bro, you could barely hear him, which was fine. Good. It was, <laughs> like, yeah, I love Dream Theater. You guys know I love Dream Theater, but I'll tell you what, though, dude, <laughs> his they vocals were, are rough. They yeah. were, they were. It was uh, really a good show, though. It was really. How was Mangini? Was really, he was awesome. Everybody, everybody was rock solid, man. Nice. They didn't ever give Mangini a solo. No, they really, didn't. dude. Yeah. When we saw him last time, he was playing like I know thirty second notes but with I, hand. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I saw him so doing sick. that. I saw him doing that though. He would go like this, and then he'd pass it to the other hand. Like that's, I, I was watching it's him so do that. wild. It's I mean, sick. How long ago did we see? It was like eleven years ago. I yeah. still think about it like weekly. Yeah, yeah. that was sick. No, it, no, like great live experience their new album's good it is and, it's the best um, one they've done since black or not black clouds dramatic, um, dramatic yeah dramatic i would agree no i thought it was a really good show though and and petrucci just he man i didn't realize how many uh, emotional solos the man he's made. back in his groove dude like he's, he got like way too technical after octavarium and he's kind of like figured it out it's, again it's big david gilmore style like he's just like and he was like, "Oh, dude, thanks, man." It was it was dude, vibey, he's got man. A nice beard. After like, you sent those videos, I went back and I listened to Images and Words, and I listened to um, Awake. I was like, "Oh, dude, they played six a.m. Oh, six o'clock on a Christmas morning." I'll never forget. Like this is probably like 13, 14 years ago. Mike Portnoy was on the heavy metal show, which was I don't even know if it's still around, but it was a show on VH1 Classic that was like a couple metalheads that like did Sirius XM radio shows, but it was kind of like their version of a talk show. And they had Mike Portnoy on and they would do like a segment where they had people from the crowd come up and ask questions. And he had that drum fill from the beginning, like the notes tattooed on his chest. And he goes up and he's like, what is this from? And Portnoy goes, it's the intro to 6 a.m. 
And he's like, yep. I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to read music at all. And like Portnoy's out here identifying like fills from a song on tattooed on somebody's chest. Yeah, no, it was it was cool. I will say they did uh, Counter Tuscany for the encore. Oh, man. I'm jealous because they didn't play that when we saw it. Yeah, him. and I'm going to say I think that's the best time I have ever had with a song over 20 minutes. It's I do actually th- I do under 20 so. minutes on the album. Oh, yeah, is I, it? I, it yeah. I thought Trump said it was... by like 10 seconds, but yeah. yeah it, it, uh, it tracks almost. It's 20. Well, that, that statement just... That was lame, man. It's, no, no. It, no, it, it, no, no. It's almost it's, 20 it's minutes. 20 minute Best time I've had with a song, almost 20 minutes. There you go. It's a real... <laughs> it is Because they have songs that are over 20 minutes. Thanks for keeping me honest. And they played songs over 20 minutes. What did they play? So... They were alternating. They they got through I think four tracks on their new album, including an over twenty minute song. That is pretty. I good. know which song you're talking about, but, but I'm terrible with the names. The only one I can think of on the album that has a name is the Alien. But they played. They actually didn't play Pull Me Under. Really? They, they did play the Alien, or at least they had. Yeah, this, they, the, they did play it. The title for it. Yeah. But no, they 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 uh, did. Uh, they were they were kind of every other track going to an old one and then a new one and um. Uh, they played what the Lost Souls song from Systematic, Systematic Chaos. Okay, yeah, and that was an Ministry of Lost Souls. Vibe. Or I love that. Yeah, Ministry absolute, of Lost Souls. An absolute yeah, yeah. vibe. I Lost am Souls, yeah. a Systematic Chaos defender, though. I love that album. Like, uh, I can never remember Forsaken. the name. Is. Forsaken for one, but like, it's the first and last song. Is it's that the vampire song? Yeah. Forsaken or the Forsa- first and Forsaken. last? One? Yeah, but the first and last one. I can't yeah, remember no, I know, what the I know name what of you're them. Talking. Um, but it's based off that Korean comic book Priest, and it's like a thirty-minute song because obviously it's supposed to go together. But huh. that, when Portnoy, that album's so good. When Portnoy was just writing all those songs about uh, giving up alcohol, like dude, Glass Prison. They're so good though. Yeah, he spread them out over several albums. Root of All Evil, Glass yeah. Prison is sick. The the riff is a riff. Yeah, it's a true riff. No, no, okay, really quick though. I won't I won't stand it too much longer. <laughs> Sid from Slipknot. They also played. Uh, um, they play anything off of Octavarium? I they played Panic Attack when we saw them. I, well, I think that's what I was gonna say was that when we saw them, they played um, the Great Debate. Yeah, that's and, right. And they did it's on not, my YouTube channel. And they did not play the Great Debate, and that was mm. too bad. I love that. Song. I think that's what I was going to say because I'm trying to think of other tracks that specifically stuck out to me. The Count of Tuscany just was really exciting. And, yeah, and I don't then, feel and like that one's good. ever really been played. Six AM also was really cool. I've never seen that. And then, and then, just generally speaking, their new album really it worked. Anyway, it's a good show. Cool. It was a fun show. And we better get started. A fun so. show. I had fun doing what I was doing too, but seeing those videos, I was very envious. Yeah, no, I we like my dad. Even he's like, man, I wish Cody was here. I'm like, yeah, I do. Dream Theater will be back. Like, it might not be for, like, five years, but they'll be back. Yeah, no, Labrie did, because his mic was cut, cutting out, he made a spinal tap remark. He was like, <laughs> a little bit of spinal tap. And he's like, and he's like, and I gotta say, I cannot breathe. He's like, it has been a long time. He's like, when's the last time we were here? And he's like, like 11 was, years ago. Yeah, he came up, I think he was saying, he's like, 2011, 2010, something like that. Yeah, they played with Trivium. Yeah. At Kingsbury. Yep. But Kingsbury, that Labrie was, was sick. very, and it's not just Labrie, it's every pretty much every concert I've gone to. There's with post corona, or I can't really even, but post corona, like concerts after quarantine, it just be the crowd's a little awkward and the performers are a little awkward. And Labrie was kind of not did, a Dorian, dude, not a Dorian, not a Dorian. They Between were the Barry to me was also not just like reference the shirt I'm wearing, but <laughs> yeah, they were very, I don't know. 
crowd interactive. It was cool. Labrie definitely had not been in front of a crowd in a bit, and he was. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't as bad. It just yeah, he hasn't been in front of a crowd yeah. for a bit. You know. Anyway, enough about Dream Theater. Enough Jake, about Dream us. Theater. Speak All your right. truths. All right, it's time to speak my truths. Here we go. I'm going to declare my truths. Nice. I chose the album of the week this week, and I chose. I said it at the beginning. I'm about to say it right now. The Devil Faces of My Old Friends, comma, Beneath Me by Hecra. So um, this project is a very interesting one. Um, I'm going to try not to say too much. I usually try to do that just because I, I like the discussion to go. But I do have a few key things I want to say. Um, one thing. So I've been listening to Hecra for a long time. Like, I don't know exactly when I started, but um, he's got that uh the last weekend of summer, I think it's called. It's a little EP. It's like four track, four or five tracks, maybe six, but it's only like 15 minutes long, but I have listened the crap out of that thing. I love it. Every single song is amazing. Um, and so anyways, uh, Hecra, one thing that I didn't realize for the longest time is that it is a one man band. It is only one dude. That makes sense. There is nobody else there with him. It is just him. And, uh, he actually started on SoundCloud, which is so interesting to me because SoundCloud at the time that he was going, especially was not devoted to this type of emo experimental stuff and like at all. And anyway, he was born out of that era and it's really cool to go look at his spot at his uh, SoundCloud account. Cause sure enough, I mean, the dude's been doing it for a long time. I think he started like 2011 or something, but, um, Anyway, th- this project we have chose. You, have you listened to Hecra Kazooie? I saw that. Yeah, I have listened. I, to I saw Kazooie. that. And I was like, "That's pretty cool." It's actually a winner. Yeah, I I like every one of his releases. Um, it's great. Uh, I do think the one I've listened to the most, obviously, is the last week in summer. But um, this one, the project I chose for this one, he released in 2015. And then he just kind of stopped. He just kind of disappeared. He's done a few small things. He featured once last year on some other emo project. And he's released a few demos on SoundCloud. But this is really the last release. Um, I went and listened to some interviews with him. He actually uh, is married. And he's raising his kids. And so he's kind of a, he's kind of a dad right now. But... Um, he's kind he, of a dad or is he, he's a dad? He, he's kind of a dad. <laughs> Depends on the day of the week. <laughs> Drake, um, is Drake kind of a dad or? But <laughs> Depends. Ask yeah, Push to T. That's that criteria. No, 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 no. Ask Push to T. We're going to find out. <laughs> no, let, no, I will say this. He is a dad and I totally respect him for it. But um, I I love it. Uh, last thing I'm going to say is just I, I was watching it or listening to an interview with him. There's only one interview with him online. We should freaking see if we can get him on the show because I actually mm-hmm. think he would. I actually think he totally would. Really? Yeah. I would because love, yeah. on that, on that, there's only one interview. And when he gets on, he's like, I am super nervous. I've never done an invoice interview. And invoice. turns out, well, because he had only done stuff over text. No, I, I knew what you meant. It just, I've never heard that before. Well, I, enjoy. yeah, that was my own little thing. But he literally, the dude that set up the interview was a 14 year old kid. <laughs> that rules. And, and Hecra didn't know it. And so he gets on there and he's like, so how old are you? And he's like, oh, I'm 14. He's like, oh, I'm like double your age, dude. That rules. <laughs> um, so anyways, but he said on the thing, he's like, people just don't hit me up for stuff, but like, I would love to. So it is line. Dude, honestly, if we could get him on dude. the show, it would be sick. So no, yeah, hit him up. Um, 
Anyways, uh, in that interview, he just, the kid asked him, he was like, so how would you explain your music or how would you describe it? What genre do you think it fits under? And he, just like every other experimental music artist, is like, I don't like genres. I don't like putting genres on it. Um, he said, but if I had to, and I forget exactly what he sourced, but he said that somebody started calling his music experimental post-hardcore. And he's like, <laughs> and I think that's my favorite title. So I don't know what to make of that, but that's what he said. Um, past there, uh, I'm, I'm just very curious to hear what you guys think. What did you guys think of this? Who, who's who's, yeah, who's starting? I mean, I, I can. I'm not scared. I, like, I, I, I just wanted to say, honestly, I don't have like a, necessarily a whole lot of specific stuff to say, but like, I uh, very much had a very enjoyable experience with this project. Actually, I, admittedly, you know, it's been one of those weeks. It has really been one of those weeks for me. But um, I spun it today, and I, I just had me a great old time. I, I, I thought. Like he, the there's there's good dynamic range, you know. Sometimes it's hitting hitting kind of hard, and then he goes really acoustic, and then it, you know. And, and at first, I was very much concerned because the production, like the kick drum, the the what is it? I want to say the side chaining on that kick that he's using is immense. It the is. entire record. <laughs> it is immense. <laughs> it is extremely <laughs> immense. Like, actually, okay, here's the honest truth. At work, um, Spotify can be hard to access sometimes, so I was using YouTube, and I started listening to a YouTube video, and then I was like, you know, this quality is just so crap. I'm going to go and hop on Spotify. <laughs> and then I hop on Spotify, and I'm like, oh, no, that's that's, <laughs> that's just up. how it is. That's the album. <laughs> but no, I, I very much enjoyed the ex the experience and I, I like it when because um, like a lot of I guess starting with SoundCloud like trap and stuff like infusing um, there's a lot of hip hop that's infused with anime and some glitz and some video game stuff it's pretty fun to hear you know some uh, emo music that I mean straight up features Super Mario going hard the, the whole song <laughs> Oh yes, it's a pretty good time. So no, yeah, no, I, I just, I enjoyed it. I, I'll return to this one. I'm glad somebody brought up the womp sound effects. Oh, that's that's one of my favorite. That features was the here. first thing I was gonna say about the album. <laughs> <clears throat> and I guess I'll just kind of go from there. But I don't really know what I gleaned from this album aside from the fact that I had fun with it. Um, I listened to it a couple times this morning, and it started out, and I was like. What in the world? And then it really started. I was like, what the heck? It's like 8.45 this morning. I was like, this is wild. That first song title, like Darth Vader. What? Roses for Darth Vader. That's so good. <laughs> I didn't even notice the song titles because I was like so taken aback by what it was I was listening to. Because I'm like, that's like Legend of Zelda soundtrack over like a blast beat. I was like, I am so confused. But yeah, then like the womps in there yeah. and just. Straight up. Beauty. There's a bunch of video game stuff. There's like. It feels like an anime OST, like an intro to an anime is what I felt. And I don't watch much anime, so the fact that I was like able to connect that in my brain at all was means that it really did hit like that for me. And I think that's one thing, even though I don't watch anime, they've always got really good opening songs. And so I think this is kind of in that same vein. It's just it's bizarre enough that it's catchy and fun, but I don't know. Hold on, what anime opening sounds like this? Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm really curious. I'll I can think something. of like two. 
And well, okay, I, well, maybe I, I that's the only two that I've ever watched. Dude, huh? I watched like five anime. Maybe those two are in there. Did you think about that? Uh, let's see. Um, Death anything Note. by Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas kind of sounds like this. Wait, they just straight up called themselves that? That's yeah, the name of the movie. In Los that's Angeles. the name of the band. The band is called that. I thought it was Fear and Loathing oh. in Los Angeles, the Japanese huh. band, right? Yeah. It's a bad idea it's to Las make Vegas. it. Ex- oh, dude? Yeah. The movie is Las Vegas. The but the band is Las, is Las Vegas. Vegas. Shout out to Hunter S. Thompson. Shout out to Hunter S. Thompson. So goat. wait a minute, though. Like, the <laughs> name... Usually bands will, like, try to put a sm- small spin on it to differentiate. Nah. Wow. Nah. Damn. Dude, there's a lot of bands like that. Like, Holy Fairly yeah. popular bands here in the U.S. Usually foreign bands. So hey, no, my, there's bands my in bands the U.S. too. As I Lay Dying is just a Hemingway book. There you go. Or Faulkner, not Hemingway. My really band's Faulkner. name is Pulp Fiction, dude. Yeah. Tight. Straight up. Tight. You should go listen go to Pulp Fiction There is a hardcore band from massachusetts called bury your dead and they have an album called cover your tracks every single song title is just a brad pitt movie or tom cruise movie i mean it's like <laughs> vanilla sky color song of money names is different Magnolia. song names yeah, definitely queen, different. queen night at the opera and day at the race is both marks brothers yeah but those are albums yeah night at the opera had like one of its premieres here in salt lake city i just would like to point that out the movie mm-hmm. really the marks brothers yep. did they come here yep they also, I'll have to send you pictures. There's pictures of it. Holy, so there used to be a cool. theater. This is a side tangent. I'll make it as quick as I can. But there used to be a theater in Salt Lake. It's next to the Utah Arts Building. It was called the Pantages Theater. It was like this huge movie palace. But they premiered that there. Did we just fall off? No, my phone's just being stupid. Um, but they premiered that movie there in order to like gain funding to move it elsewhere. But there's a bunch of pictures of like Groucho Marx outside, like riding around in a car. That's so on sick. like South Temple. Groucho, Mar- Groucho Marx just like driving his car into the temple. That'd be a Groucho <laughs> Marx prank. Ha ha prank. It's falling over. <laughs> prank. Sorry. Anyway, that's the end no, of that's my that's crazy. Actually shout out to the Marx brothers. Shout out. This album is like about every 10 years, some new children's toy gets released that Tickle is me Elmo. ostensibly just Silly Putty, but slightly <laughs> different. Okay, we, wait, wait. If you're bringing up Silly Putty, we need to talk about that really quick. What is exactly the purpose of Silly Putty? I remember being excited to receive and even buy Silly Putty. But then when you get Silly Putty, like, what do you do with it? Seriously, it's not like goo where it's, like, fun to have in your hands. It's like a fun textural quality. Or the fart goo where you can, like, you know, make sounds. Like, what do you do with... This is the most Silly podcast party. moment we've ever had. <laughs> I need to. I need to know. I need we've to know. We've had a podcast for over a hundred episodes. Think... And this is the most podcast moment we've had. Hey, no, I'm just. I. I've. I've seriously like our nephew's been. I, I he, think... our nephew is excited about Silly Putty, and I'm like, it's hey, just I remember being excited about Silly Putty. I think it just. I'm. I don't know. The texture is slightly different than Play-Doh, but the idea is that it does kind of hold its shape, and I don't know. You can just squish it. The joys of being a child. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, you just No, but as a child, I did think about it. As a child, when I had Silly Putty, I was like, you know, I kind of wish it was like goo. I I never thought that. I was like, oh, hey, cool, something new. I'm going to go play with the badger that lives in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) What the frick is happening? There was a badger that lived in my backyard. There's nothing more to that thought. It was just a statement of fact. (laughs) Okay. Back to your point. Anyway, look, he <laughs> brought up every putty. ten right. years a new toy comes out. Here, here's the deal with silly putty. Have you ever remembered <laughs> that your tongue was in your mouth? 
You can oh, feel it yeah, right my, now. Yeah, you can feel your tongue existing Why in your did mouth. You do that to I know. Me. And you're thinking you? about where it's placed, and you're realizing that it's not quite comfortable anywhere. So, whenever you make this realization, you get incredibly uncomfortable, and you think, "What if I could just take my tongue out of my mouth and squish it like some kind of muscular shape forming?" twisty flesh flesh lump this is horrible yeah it is pretty okay. bad and i think that's the appeal of silly putty is that it's just like a tongue that doesn't have to sit uncomfortably oh in your mouth all day. this is the worst Stop. point you've ever made this is the worst i don't well, even know no, i'm not even gonna say it. that but i'll explain no it's that. the worst i'll go there no, ne- <laughs> next time uh, my nephew's over i'll explain that to him I'll be like hey you like silly putty it's, it's a tongue like, it's just like a, it's, it's just a tongue buddy Where's your tongue at right now? Tell him it. Tell him it is a tongue. This is our Metal Gear moment. It's just a box, <laughs> dude. It is a tongue. It is. Just think about it. Tell and then and then tell him that when he swallows watermelon seeds, they grow in his stomach. Oh, don't. That's an evil thing to do to a child. Earwigs go in your ears like that. Evil things to do. Oh, holy crap. Anyway, Logan. So shout out to the back of earwigs. When ear those wigs, companies though. do release that different type of silly putty. Your younger siblings, or maybe nieces and nephews, or maybe even your own children, will show it to you. And they'll be like, hey, look, Dad, it's fun goo. And you're like, oh, fun goo? Let me play with that. So you stick your hands in it, and you, you kind of rub it around. You kind of, like, squish it in between your fingers. And you think, this reminds me of something. But I can't tell exactly what that thing is. It feels like it wants to be silly putty. But at the same time, it's also not that. It's drawing inspiration from so many disparate things. But but as it exists right now, it's this coagulated, sticky, fun mess that I'm going to find all over my walls if this child stays here for longer than 30 minutes. See, this metaphor is clear. No, See, this metaphor not, is... No, no, this... ostensibly silly putty, which means it's virtually the same. And so then he's like, <laughs> but it's actually different. I'm so confused with No, no, no. This is fun goo. It's not. It's ostensibly silly putty. F U N G U U. Hey, guess what? Fun goo. Can I tell you something? Goo came back big time about two years ago. Did it? It did. I don't have children. Everybody was making goo with Elmer's glue. Oh, that's. Which, by the way, you know, that's horse. Straight up, it's made out of horse. Straight up made out of horse. Yeah. Elmer's glue. Are you kidding me? When you are making paper mache, you are just spreading a dead horse around paper. I mean, I've had some delicious dead horse on a plate before that's made out of paper. So, I mean. Yeah. No difference. No yeah. difference. Wait, you no, know, I was going to send, I was going to send this episode to Hecra. No, do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I just kidding. Still definitely still I'm totally He's going to be like, what is wrong you know with what? these people he, and then want to tell us. He will understand what's going on. No, he will. He will totally if understand. He doesn't, you know, well, God bless him. God bless him. God bless him, man. God bless. But you hate to hear it. <laughs> so this album's a small album. So I, d- I wasn't dealing with like a gallon of fun goo on my hands. I had only I had only like a good like palm and a half of fun goo. Yeah. But even as I was squishing it around... I couldn't seem to just keep it in my hands because every time I moved to define the fun goo to try and put it into a shape that I recognize, I realized that would just slip and spill out a little bit into a different shape and start to form that instead. Yep. And I was really weirded out by this experience because I feel like typically with albums, I'm pretty able to get a hold of 
what they're about, what they're trying to say, where their influences come from, and and things about them, especially when it's like, you know, SoundCloud-inspired uh, Midwest. It, well, I'll get to that. But, you know, just like <laughs> solo project emo type stuff, right? But even as I listen to this album, you know, you look at the cover, you look at kind of his past works, and you think, this is going to have like a Midwest emo-y sound. Mm-hmm. And I dare say, I actually can't find a trace of that in here. That's why it's good. I looked at the oh, ingredient <laughs> list for Silly Putty and Fun Goo and found that they didn't weren't even made with the same sodium naproth- the, the lazone. Yeah. They have different sodium naprothalazones. <laughs> different... <laughs> Um, so I will say that I'll just interject. If you go listen to the last weekend of summer, that is like a very much more palatable, um, little EP. This You're one's telling much Logan to listen to something more palatable. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. Cause, cause what he's talking about hits right on the nose. Like last weekend of summer basically is Midwest emo, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a little harder. There's a few, uh, breakdowns and it is, not bit crushed, but it is, you know, you know how he yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And it's that vibe. Is, is his side chain on the kick? But I'm, but I'm hearing yeah, yeah. so much. That's kind of a staple. I'm hearing so much of everything in this album. Like, uh, it definitely, a lot of the drumming is taken straight from the harder metal genres. Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. Y- which you don't even hear in a lot of post-hardcore. Yeah. A lot of the synthesizer choices are straight up from Nintendo core bands like Horse the Band or... Cloud the rap type, cloud rap type He's horse samples. The yep. Band. yep, that's literally their name is Horse the Band. Horse the Band. <laughs> just um, after the show tonight, just look them up on YouTube. They have a video of them playing in like Siberia or something weird. Or um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, that sounds like Horse the Band. <laughs> it's some, it's like an Eastern European country, like after their civil war in like the late '90s. So it's Baltic region, like closer to Greece. But that place goes freaking nuts for Horse the Band and. It's just that's literally what they're called, and it's that's pretty it's, cool. That's good. Hey. It's like hardcore with synths. It's tight. Yeah, I'm super in. I, I love. I'm hearing like elements of uh, pop punk in here, oh, especially yeah. in the yep. vocals and a lot of the ways that the chorus kind of sings over it. Yep. And I'm gonna make one last crazy connection here. I think there is somewhat an element of shoegaze to this album too. Not as in that it's like laid back and dreamy reverb, but more that the effects and the abrasiveness of the instrumental seem to like overwhelm you into feeling a whole different type of vibe rather than being punchy. Mm -hmm. Like I think, I think this album, when you combine the bit crush with kind of the low fidelity sound with the fact that the drums seem to be going crazy and the guitars are frequently hitting one chord while another thing solos or he sings. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there is an element of, strong vibe to this track that is achieved by how low fidelity and abrasive it is a la more of like a sunbather uh death heaven type thing i'm reminded of a few other projects too like um y'all remember that weather day album that came out a while ago no no that's okay yeah i don't either that was another album that was like maybe this is too lo-fi for me (laughs) and honestly like Yes, wait, yes, I did listen to that. God, whether, yeah. It took me a minute to realize whether to, I was sitting there going, I know that. I know. Yes, yeah, I did yeah, listen to that. I think there's a lot of similarities yeah. in the sound here, and I think what's interesting is really the mixing is, and the low fidelity is kind of the glue to this project. Exactly. Because I think it has so many disparate influences, and it wants to be wild, and it wants to be crazy with all these ideas that it pulls from, that only when everything is mushed together in this like incredibly crushed master 
does it all sound and feel like it's part of this elevating vibe? Yep. So I, I don't know. I, I tried really hard to get this album under my fingers, but I can barely tell what I'm dealing with. I'm with Cody. I had a great time, but I would have such a hard time defining this thing. Yeah. That's I, part of the fun though. And I, I think there's probably some hipster on Reddit that's like figured it out, you know, down to like a crazy, perfect, not grammatical, but like defined vocabulary for it. But why? Yeah. Why would you? It's no, no, fun I, not knowing. It, yeah, it feels like, I mean, the creator himself would look at that and just go, lol. It's like people like, coming up with the name Nintendo Core. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, it's like, cool. Just there's let me a listen name, to there's, a name to there's some extrapolation that took place there, but at the same time, I mean, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing where it, it definitely just came out. Yep. And it came out how it was supposed to, I think. I mean, I, I think there was, there's an idea in there and it just came out. And I'm, I like I like it when an artist does that. Yeah. You know? No, I I totally agree. It's really interesting. Like I, when I was listening to the one and only interview with him, I was figuring that a lot of his influences would be like super obscure, weird, strange, and they are. Obviously, I'm sure he has a lot of stuff. I mean, you don't just get here out of nowhere. But literally, like the artists he was bringing up were like total mainstream artist like he was like yeah i'm a big taylor swift fan i like post malone <laughs> i like charlie xcx and 100 gex i listened and to I charlie like- xcx recently for the first time yeah yeah i liked it and you hate 100 gex you know you know what <laughs> is there some character development happening cody or i don't think so <laughs> i just think <laughs> but pretty like- woman says hey listen to charlie xcx i'm like all right cool Maybe there's connection there. I Did you know. just say a pretty woman? I'm not naming names. Oh, okay, I see why you liked names. it. I see why you liked it's not it. Naming it. I've never listened to a Mitski album by choice. So, but anyway, I just I thought it was just so interesting because like he this song reminds me of you and it's. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. <laughs> that was Dude, me. That is legendary. That is so legendary. That is a deep reference you just made. I, I had to rack my brain to figure out where that one was coming from. I'm like, oh yeah. This, this is like a, it's a reference to like two years ago. That's early oh, days of art. That, that's just beautiful. It is beautiful. Never let that part of you die, Logan. I wish it would. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> but anyways, in, just in closing, before we move on i just want to say like <clears throat> hecra is freaking awesome um go listen to his other releases if you are interested in this even remotely his other releases are great uh, like i said i almost chose last weekend of summer but if you were to hear it, it it's much more straightforward than this is don't get me wrong it's still crazy and weird but Nowhere near the caliber of this thing. It's more straightforward. It's more emo. It's more Midwesty. It's more raw vocally, hmm. you know. But um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Last week in the summer is great. But then Hecra Kazooie is also just what a wild. name for a release. Did you see the album art? No, I straight oh, up. I literally Kazooie. like I pulled up on my phone the link and then just sent it to my computer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even because I looked at the name. I'm like, I'm not typing all that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's as far as that. It was way too early in the well, day. One other thing that's interesting is Hecra. Um, like, it's that orange face thing. You know, that mask, that like paper mache mask thing. He views Hecra. This is just kind of fun fact. He views Hecra as him, but also like a different entity that's trying to kill him. 
that mm, rules yeah that, that's, that's, that's kind of tight i love multiple personalities yeah and so anyways it's actually really cool but um i just again just kind of my thoughts on this album before we end is uh I just love how many different, and Aaron kind of hit on this, but just how many different like feelings and vibes you get hit with. Like there's some blisteringly emo stuff in here. And then all of a sudden it's a fat breakdown. And then all of a sudden it sounds like he's smashing his guitar. And then all of a sudden it is still, and he's telling you that he killed all your friends and he didn't forget (laughs) you. And there's just like these haunting moments and these wacky moments and these heavy moments. It's just, I don't know. It's really something special. I love this guy. Yeah, no. Much respect to again, like artists that can just that that just let the idea come out. They don't overthink it. And and I mean, I, I it's, it was interesting, like just listening to Logan's description of like all of it in there, and it's like almost to the to the point of the way it's mixed was to try and just. It's like it's like a. It's like you went to McDonald's and you bought one of everything. And you put oh it all. God. You put it all in this thing. Yo. You're about to take a bite out of it. And you're just like, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I pulled up to McDonald's the other night because it was super late. Nothing was open. I where was I even at? Oh, I was driving back from the Film Society. Um, <laughs> I pull into the drive-through. It's the one in Woods Cross, you know. And so it's always super packed late at night because stoners. But uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why? Why stoners? Wait, wait. What's that? You're going to have to ask your parents, kids. <laughs> but I pull around the corner and I see a sign in the drive-thru that says Land, Sea, and Air. And I about had a freaking aneurysm. And then I realized that I watched my friend. He eats things on TikTok and reviews them, like crazy stuff like that. And he ate that. And he's like, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And I had a lot of really bad things. He's like, why would you combine all of this? It's like a quarter pounder, a McChicken, and a filet of fish oh the fish was the bad the fish was the bad yeah, i was like everybody else eats the other two already yeah like, not yeah, me I but do, most I people do, I, do, I, I do that they're like new menu with all these options they're like we'll put a hash brown on a mcmuffin i was like dog i've been doing that since like 2002 <laughs> you're not breaking any barriers <laughs> the question we're asking is like when we when when charlie xcx and mcdonald's pair up and they're gonna make a meal together the charlie xcx meal what yeah why why is it just a regular meal why isn't it a little bit something of, else a little bit of that yeah because like, did they the Travis that? Scott no. meal was straight oh. up Sprite in a burger <laughs> I know <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> what was it when like you people were pulling up like Travis sent me <laughs> no I'd blow the McDonald's up I would drive straight into the side of it and just blow my car up <gasps> still have a lower body count than Travis Scott <laughs> you don't know that man I've seen some packed McDonald's before oh, oh, man. nothing like a car bomb to keep the city going on a Friday night Really remind you know, at least the BTS are. meal had that chili sauce that slapped. <laughs> nah, man. Hey, you, know you know what I mean? You know what should Why be a meal? Why doesn't Charlie XCX have like ecstasy sauce? <laughs> no, let me get let me get Straight the pickle up Rick meal. <laughs> Bring the pickle Rick meal. You remember when dudes were like freaking yeah. out about the sauce? They're like, it's from Rick and Morty. I'm like, I hope you all die. <laughs> oh my god, I hate all of you. Anyway, Logan, topic of the week. Oh, all right. <clears throat> posthumous. I just threatened to kill someone. Posthumous. <laughs> Fellas. Mm. Wait, wait, did you know Carl's Jr. actually made a deal with uh, uh, Adult, Adult Swim? Swim? Yeah. Yeah. 
I never went, but it rules. Why are you telling me I'm going to be able to have a Brack burger? I'm, I wish. I am telling you, Brack you can is get on their toys. shirt. Really? It's, Brack they're is on little their toys. Dude, it's like an adult meal, like a kid's meal has a toy, you know, but it's for adults. And so it's like little bobbleheads. Wait, wait, really? The, yeah. Dude, they would probably have a Brack one. Holy crap. Is that still around? You this can get a, meals with yeah, toys? Apparently. I want a Zorak one. Oh, God. <laughs> just give me Space Ghost Dad. Mick Foley. All right, that's it. Now I gotta I gotta go to Carl's and ask him for yeah. a toy. Dang. I'm gonna ask him specifically, just like I did when you I was You guys young. got a brat toy? I'm like, toy? do you guys have a brat toy? <laughs> You're gonna get like some sixteen year old zoomer behind the counter and he's like, What's brat? And then I'm gonna super glue it to my dashboard. Dude, I, I, would. I would not super glue something to my car, but <laughs> based. Yeah, I've been there. I watched Jake <laughs> open his sunroof with snow <laughs> his car today. <laughs> I don't know, weirder things have happened. Anyway, Logan. <laughs> Logan, you're a topic of the week. <laughs> Fellas, it's time that we start answering some difficult questions. <laughs> that went in a much different direction than I expected it to when you said fellas. <laughs> David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. One posthumous album. Did he, he even was... have one? Black Star came out before he died. David Bowie, no posthumous albums. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Did, didn't something just release... It might have been like a remaster, but no, I remember this because he died like a week after Black Star came out. XXX Tentacion. Two posthumous albums so far. Grave Rob him. Well, they're they're practically EPs. Mac Miller, too. Mac Miller, two posthumous albums. Juice World, two posthumous albums. Juice World, Lil Peep, four posthumous albums. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Yo, sorry to like sidetrack. You, you did Mac Miller already? Yeah. Is There's it a three Lil or is Peep it two? Movie? Is that two? Apparently. You know who is the executive producer of the Lil Peep movie? Wait, there's a Lil Peep movie. Yeah, apparently. I found it on Letterboxd the other day while I was like searching through the depths. Is it out? Yeah, it's out. But guess who did the executive production? Tarantino. Um, no? Wait. You got it, the first letter right. Terrence Malick. No way. Terrence Malick did the Terry executive Malick? production really? for a Lil Peep movie. I just found this out like what yesterday. What the frick? Why? I have no idea. I didn't <laughs> even know the movie existed until about 24 hours ago. So I was just doing some research here, man. And uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, he's got a grip of posthumous got, albums. Oh. He's got three. Mm. Who's How many record? was Tupac what, have? What does Google say? Yeah, the record holder is. Because oh. I remember Tupac died like when I was one. And they were releasing his albums when I was like 10. <laughs> Tupac's still alive, huh? He is. He's in Cuba. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, there's, there's no fit. I've seen footage. I've seen footage, man. I'll stay anointed. Here's the deal. <laughs> I, I think we need to have this discussion. How many times are we going to release work that artists kept away, usually for some reason? I mean, you get through like a circles. You get through like a you know, finishing Juice's album. And it's like, okay, maybe I can see that this person still intended to have this released in roughly this way. But by the time we hit the second posthumous album, by the time we hit the third, by the time we hit the fourth. By the time the character's still developing, like literally the, the, they're evolving and they're dead. <laughs> like pretty soon they're just taking, literally talking out of the voice memos and like using auto literally. rap. <laughs> so I, I think we need to ask the question... At what point is releasing a posthumous album grave robbing? I can't find a I can't find a ranked list of how many. First, but I think that our our maximum here is four, right? Is that Tupac the highest we know four. of? Four. I think Tupac has four. So I think f- by the time you hit out. four, 
it's like either just make a documentary or something else because it hits a point where it's like, okay, these are not album releases anymore. Like they're demos that you turned into songs and I don't even know hey, if they would like the song anymore. Yeah, well, here's the... Th- <laughs> Tupac has seven posthumous oh. albums. Oh. Wow. No, okay. Uh. No. Okay, first, uh, and you have like rappers. You have like Fallout Boy featuring on Peep, and they like never met in real life. We just wanted to do right by him. Wait, oh, did you? Did that actually happen? Yeah, I think they should release a little Peep song with Mortician, the death metal band. On it. Okay, it's half the song is just a freaking sample from like a Lucio Fulci movie. Before I, Mortician. Before I really take on the actual question, I do have to just also. I mean, I have to. I guess preface by just expressing deep frustration that artists don't have, well, not, they don't seem to always have plans to like to release all of, most of them are not going to release their demos. And I can understand why for certain artists. Cause it's like, well, it's like, Oh, you're not going to see me the same after you've heard all this behind Oz's Oz, the great and powerful's curtain. Yeah. You're not going to think the same, but then there's other artists like, uh, like honestly, Beck, Jack White, these are people that's like, okay, when they die, they, they just need to leak all of that out. Because it's like... The Tom f- York? Yeah. But the thing Tom, is, I it actually did happen to Tom York. That that hostage, did you did you hear about that? I've heard something about there, it. Yeah, somebody got a hold of a bunch of Radiohead tapes. Oh, yes, I remember It was like this. 24 hours of demos, and they held it hostage. They're like... It hit Reddit. Yeah. They released it all on Reddit. Yeah, so Radiohead this. just turned around. They go, joke's on you. We've already digitized it. It's on Bandcamp. Yeah, I remember this. This was want. like the last couple of years. Yeah, and I downloaded it, and I listened to all 24 hours, and I loved it. Like, I, And then, so I, I guess for me, I'm just like, you know, I would hope some artists just release everything. Well, the thing is, I think that before an artist dies, just like you would with a will, they should decide what happens with all of their unreleased stuff. Yeah. Because... I can understand how some artists would be like, no, no, no. I feel if you release all my demos and stuff that I view as crap, it's going to damage my legacy. Yeah. yeah. So they, it shouldn't just be like, oh, the wife wants to make a few bucks or the the son wants to go in there and make money off of the demos. You know what I'm saying? It's like it should be up to the artist before they die. Yeah, but they own the estate. I know they do. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is if the artist was still alive, would they just view it as tarnishing their legacy? Some of it. Mm. I, I think they would. I think it depends like, on the act. Like, it definitely those depends acts that on I was the saying, act. Like, actually, frankly, I think Tom York could publish everything. I think Jack, Jack White and Beck. I do think those all of those guys, at least, could publish everything and it would not tarnish. It's yeah, yeah. already worse out there. Yeah, but what I'm saying is <laughs> there, are, there are certain people that it would, in their eyes. Yeah, no, I agree. Because, like, for example, I know um, Flume is one of my favorite artists, probably in my top three artists of all time. Mm-hmm. And... I've seen in many interviews um, where he says, I am sitting on so much music, but I just can't bring myself to release stuff because he's such a perfectionist. And he he admits it. He's like, I am too much of a perfectionist. See, but here's and the thing. Even, wait, one last thing. Even when he just, he just released the first single off the new album, which I am beyond excited. But he even said in the little like after party thing, um, the, the interviewer was talking to him about that. And he even said, he's like, none of this is done, but I just have to release it. And so what I do is I just get to a point with it where I go, it's not done, but it is the best I can. And here it is. And I just feel like with a guy like flume, if he were to die and then somebody were like <clears throat> one of his siblings or whoever's in charge of the d- estate were to just be like, here's everything on his hard drive. I feel like he would hate that. 
He would, but I actually think that it wouldn't. It, it's weird because like it is one of those things where I I think it, I bet you there's a lot of stuff on his hard drive people would love. But oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like not in a even a historical way. I bet he's got a lot of good stuff. Oh, I'm sure he does. But the thing is, is he, his, he is his he is what he chose to put out. Yeah. Right. Right. And once he loses that control, it's like his image is no, his vision is no longer the project anymore. Yeah, I know. But I, 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 so I mean, that plays that is the question because it's like grave robbing. You're essentially using their what they built with their life and then monetizing it using stuff that is good enough to to still put out there. If you're having to say good enough, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Well, you just said Flume said good enough. But yeah, that's a Van well, Gogh thing. No, no, no. Art, no, art no. It's never finished. It's abandoned. No, no, no. What I was saying by that is like posthumous. If you're after the fact saying this is good enough, then don't release it. Because I think like when an artist is alive and they really care about their craft, they don't want they, – they are very intentional about their outward facing what people interface with. And what I'm saying is, if they no longer have control over that, you shouldn't make the call. So for you're them. saying that's all zero tr- posthumous. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. I think the only posthumous release that I've really cared about was Circles by Mac Miller. I think that's probably it. And I thought that was good. But there was a Leonard Cohen album that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I I remember you listening to that, but like. I don't know. Past there, I just don't really care for it anyway either. It's just like, okay, this feels like a cash grab, and we have jets flying over. And of course, it's like a slow passenger plane. <laughs> it's taking its sweet time. Yeah. No, but that good enough thing was specifically for posthumous because good enough has to be up to the artist. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. I have a take on this, but I want to let Cody. Go yeah, first. I gotta hear Cody. When Buckethead dies, release. Everything <laughs> because he already releases everything. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it, I agree with like how Aaron, there's some artists where they just have so much stuff out there. People will sift through it, find what they like. It probably doesn't matter at the end of the day, like Buckethead, Tom York, Beck, whatever. Other bands, like there's not a, I've mentioned Rush like 10 times on the show today, but I think that's a band that definitely probably recorded more stuff outside of what they've released but they never released any of it likely for a reason. There's yep. seven years between their last album and when they, when Neil Peart died. Yeah. Like there's a reason that nothing was released in that time frame. Yep. And so I, I think it comes down to kind of like a case by case basis. There yes, are some I, people that like, it probably doesn't matter like yeah. what you do. They're going to be fine. But I, I if totally like agree. after like Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson die, if someone releases all of like Rush's stuff that was not released in the past, I will, I'm not going to say that out loud. See, but what, what about these younger acts, though, that like didn't really have an opportunity to formally like establish their legacy? Well, I think that's something you just have to leave to what they were able to put out. Yeah, like I don't think it's like bands like uh, Sex Pistols weren't around for long. They've been legendary for 50 years since Sid Vicious died. Yeah, <laughs> like them. There's a lot of punk bands I think that kind of fall in, especially in like the 70s and 80s, where like members were overdosing and dying left and right, which is horrible to say, but it is just how it was. And I those bands usually released like one, two albums, maybe, and don't release anything past that. 
Like if it's meant yeah. to have a legacy, and this sounds horrible, but if it's meant to have a legacy, it'll have one. But the thing is, all, uh, my my point is, I agree. It should be case by case, and I understand that it's not just as cut and dry as the artist should decide before they die, because sometimes artists die randomly or abruptly or whatever. But my thing is, who is up? Who is deciding that legacy? You know what I'm saying? It's like if they're if they have a legacy, was it because of what they put out? What they made front facing that's what created the legacy right i, I think it's not r slash mac miller should be in charge <laughs> <laughs> no but like honestly though my, my question is the reason it has a legacy the reason it was so legendary is because what they put out themselves created the splash nothing posthumous made the splash ever and, ever yeah no i do agree with that and i Except that's deep his posthumous album smashed his alive albums Okay, in but, quality but, like, or in but the sales. thing about Peep, sales. Well, I okay, but sales yeah. isn't the legacy though, and, and it's the same with X. I mean, not X. Uh, Juice, mm-hmm. right? Like Legends Never Die probably is the most uh, monetary album. Probably, I, I'm assuming that's not fact. But. I think uh, I think uh, Goodbye and Good Riddance still wins. Really? That was a that was huge. Well, okay, but like Legends Never Die was huge as well. Yeah. What I'm saying is. That isn't what made his legacy. Even though it's like a nothing album. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but it did well. But like, um, anyway, I don't know. All I'm saying is the legacy came from when they were alive. That's all I'm saying. Listen, and you know what? Here's a psychopath take because I changed my opinion on this yesterday. All right. (laughs) Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If I spend all my time building up a company, right? And I create this company that does exactly what, let's say I sell ice cream. Right. And I'm like, the one thing I will never do is sell sorbet. And I do everything I can to stay relevant against all the other local ice cream joints to never sell sorbet. And I see fantastic success in my lifetime. But then, boom, I die at 32, leaving behind a wife and a kid. Right. And then the wife says, hmm, well, looking at the market trends, that was actually kind of a weird moral position to take. So, we're going to sell sorbet at this ice cream Haunter place Haunter from the grave. This is what happens with Disney, <laughs> right? Dude, Disneyland right now with the Genie Plus thing. We were just talking about the that what? while we no? were there. Because they, they now have a paid like fast pass system where the whole idea of Disneyland for originally was you know everybody comes in and they're the same. They're the same. Yeah. They're equal. Equal opportunity. Equal. I got a word for this. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to, to I'm ready to throw down on this because here is my take. <laughs> I have nothing to throw the, down about. That's the way that it is now. The way that it is now. You are not in charge of your own musical projects. If you are a really small time act or you've managed to stay independent, you can maintain that illusion if you so choose. What you actually are, and why I like Hecra's whole. You know, Hecra's actually a person who's trying to kill me. I love that type of othering. Because here's the reality. You are a contractor on your own musical projects. You happen to be the one that's worth the most, that really knows the ins and outs of the uh, program, but you can get fired. You can die. And guess what? You can also be replaced. I think they vocaloided Little Peep. I've been clear about this in the past. I think they literally got him saying every single syllable, and they can now construct new Little Peep songs out of just a producer and someone who once learned how to produce Hatsune Miku stuff, right? I think that that is just how it is. You, if you're alive right now, you can be, and you're signed to a label, right? They are contracting you to write more Taylor Swift music. 
They are saying, person named Taylor Swift, you are the person who best understands and represents the Taylor Swift brand, so I need you to go write me some Taylor Swift songs. So I will pay you so we can have the Taylor Swift brand performed by the Taylor Swift person. But with posthumous albums, with the vocaloiding of Lil Peep, with the fact that so many things get remixed and taken out of artists' hands anyway by labels or other band members or just people in their life after they die, the reality is you don't own your own music projects. You are a paid contributor to them. And so if somebody wants to take Juice World, right, and they want to... Uh, and all the producers that worked with Juice World say they all died tragically in a plane crash. I don't want that to happen. I love his sound. But Rest if they in peace, did, Buddy Holly. Right? <laughs> if that happened, if they got an AI that was good enough and machine trained enough on Juice's entire catalog and they said, hey, AI, go generate us a new Juice album and they released it as Juice World, that's just how the world is. That's And there's nothing we can do about it because you are a contractor. But it's no longer juice. That's the thing. But it but it is. It, 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 it's just, it's, well, it's the AI same. generated juice. Yeah, it's the same with like, you know, synthetic ingredients in food. It's like, okay, you know, this is totally fake, but it it's just mimicking the real thing. Sure. That's, and, and if they want to, I mean, they've done it with uh, Miku and other, like these Vocaloid Japanese idols, right? It's just other people ghostwrite for them constantly. And so there are concerts for these virtual idols who have never written a song because they're just drawings. Right, 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 right. Right? And they perform to hundreds of thousands of people. Miku opened for Lady Gaga. What do you say about that? So I think you can talk about it like, oh, AI generator or posthumous or posthumous Mac Miller is not Mac Miller anymore. It's somebody making decisions and using his voice and possibly his old demos to do things. It is, though. It is. Objectively, it is. But it is. It's still a Mac Miller album because it's controlled by the people who own the Mac Miller that's, IP. That's not what made Mac Miller, though. Mac, I, I actually I fundamentally disagree. I think there are certain cases where the artist might be just a puppet. Yeah, there are cases like that. Definitely not always the case. But can we- like people like Michael Jackson, for example. That dude was literally and sure he probably did have ghostwriters at times and whatever, <laughs> but like. He was legendary. Right. Like no, literally no. legendary. So here's what I want to say about this, because I also agree that like, how do I say not fundamentally degree, but I like, I morally completely like am opposed to this situation, but I can also see what Logan's saying where he's basically saying you're, you're like in life, they think of it. From a computer programming standpoint, in life, this act gave us enough data to machine learn what they did. And we still have the machine that put them on the stage. So we have enough data to know what that act was, and the machine can still put that act on a stage. I know a guy that had something to say about this. But I I, I know a guy that knows a guy that had something no, no, to no, say no. about this. I know a guy. Who? His name's Carl. His last name's Marks. <laughs> We're talking about the commodification of self here, so folks. Here yeah, because my no, because my my thing is is like, <laughs> oh my god, did I accidentally do a Marx? No, you did a capitalism, but now I'm doing the Marx in return. <laughs> no, I'm but, writing Das Kapital Volume well, Two. What I'm trying well, to like say my, is, well, no, 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 but what I'm saying is, I understand the point. Yeah. Like, I don't. It's not that I don't understand it. I'm saying after the point of, um. You know, once you're taking pre-existing data and machine learning on top of it and saying, okay, this is what made them them. 
It's like, sure, that is what made them them. Anything you do from here on out is no longer them. I agree. It is you mimicking what made them them. I agree. And it's not the original. There's no That's gr- all I've been yeah, saying. Yeah, right. But but see, what gets really hard, I think, for artists, even in their own lives, is uh, the machine learns what makes them them and forces them to be them. Yeah, them, but, in quotation. Right, right. And that's always the battle with celebrities. And that's why yeah. so many Disney pop stars ended up being so wild and crazy because they're like, you know who, I don't want to be this anymore. You know who didn't fall victim to the machine? Rush, that's right. Zach De La Roca, oh that's God. right. Dude, Zach De La Roca made it. Tom Morello did not. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Morello, Tom Morello, Tom Morello works at the machine now. <laughs> Tom Morello is the machine. <laughs> He I, raged so hard against it that he formed a new one. <laughs> All right. We better do bops. Commodification of counterculture. <laughs> Mark's had stuff to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Beautiful art by Logan's like sister again. again. So good. Oh, what's my bop this week? <sighs> okay, Logan. I was about to start, but you know, you stole that from me. I did. So. Rip. Yep. It's okay. No, it's I'm, not. No, you can't say it's okay. You can get over I'm the this. one who says well, it's I'm okay. Logan decides. I'm deciding how you feel. I tell you how to feel. I decide what you like. Uh, let's let's face it. Is there any better soundtrack to driving through the beautiful mountains of northern Utah up to a city by a lake where a gallon of milk costs like six dollars? Is there any better Are soundtrack? To doing that drive, yes, I was. Okay. Then Pine Grove. No, there is. You, I say nay. <laughs> yeah. I say nay to yes. that. You're here. <laughs> who? Who? If who? I'm up in the forest, I'm listening to Agalock. I'm listening to Black. Oh, oh, you're not. You're not in the forest. You're driving through the forest. Obviously, if I'm in the if forest, if you're driving I'm through it and it's on Diver. either side of you, then at some point, obviously, you were in I'm the listening forest. to Burzum. I love that the forest Cancel. is a different place to us all. It is. But if I'm driving mindset. through the forest, I'm listening to Pine Grove. And the song that I would like to call to your attention this week is a sweet little number about meeting your uh, your girlfriend's parents, probably. I don't know. I haven't checked the lyrics. Yes. On Jet Lag. They bicker. Fantastic, fantastic track about all just travel. And you know, Modest Mouse has made like three albums about travel, so you know that it's a good subject. Oh, it is. Then they've written some great ones about it. Check it out. It's on Amperland NY, which is an album that I didn't realize was just covers of old previous songs. Yep. They're the canonical versions to me now. Suck it. I'm the same. <laughs> I'm literally the same. Skylight and Marigold, like, are they're good, but once you've heard Amperland, like, when I go back and listen to them, yep. I'm less like, I'm sorry. Amperland did it way better. But the track you're referring to is the They Bicker the Way We Bicker, right? Yeah. What What is the track title there? On Jet Lag. On Jet Lag, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. So good. Oh, Pine Grove. Dude, Pine Grove in the forest, it is a vibe. Aaron and I went hiking this week, and uh, it's just so perfect. Oh, man. It, uh, was, it was a good hike. We we had, a, we had a great time. Gosh. Good pick, dude. Very good pick. Um, okay. My pick is Cody's favorite. Um, it's the song... Pickle Bart by Mom Jeans. No. I saw you listening to them the other no, day. And I'm like, man, I hate how these people name their band. <laughs> Adult Mom. I will fight all of your members. No, it is not Pickle Bart. It is actually the song after Pickle Bart, which is called Now This Is Pod Racing. <laughs> and let me just say this. Now This Is Pod Racing hit me this week in a way that 
you know, like sometimes a song just sideswipes you and you're just like, oh my gosh, I needed this song right now. Yeah, I listen to Rush sometimes too. <laughs> That's what happened. Oh my God, I've seen you <laughs> listening to problem. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no problem. I've been doing this pretty much my entire life. Anyway, Jake, go on. Um, so anyway, the song is called Now This Is Pod Racing. This is all in caps. I like the uh, injection there. Uh, yes. And let me just say, the song has absolutely zero to do with pod racing, <sighs> just like every Midwest emo song Checked in the world. Every time. Um, every time. <laughs> they literally, the name does not matter at all. Thus, the name of the ba- band is Mom Jeans. Except, you know what? It strangely fits. I don't know how to describe it. But anyways, this song, really good. It's just acoustic with the Mom Jean singer doing a duet with this girl. I don't know her name. I should. She's really good. And um, anyways, the song is just awesome. It's lyrically awesome. Um, I just love it. So anyways, if even if you're not a big Mom Jean's fan, like this song is just generally good. And I think most people would. Now I'm starting it. to think maybe he pulled to the deer hunter and that's his mom. <laughs> maybe shout out to casey uh, Cas- casanova what's his name casey katzen katzen the, hey, guy, the guy who writes his own uh epic stories the you, deer hunter you know the that uh, yeah his so mom good, did backup vocals on the first album that's legendary swag. Let, me, let me say this um one of our friend lucas's friend really wants to be on the show we'll probably get him as a feature next season and guaranteed 100 percent, he will choose the deer hunter album Hundred yeah. percent. The Deer 100%. Hunter is so bass, dude. I saw them open for Coheed one time, and I was—I had never really listened to him beforehand. Sold, so mm-hmm. good. And then Coheed performed all of "In Keeping Secrets" the Silent Earth. Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> Chest kiss. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Casey. Hold up, hold up, Casey Crescenzo. There you go. That's a very Italian name. Casey uh, Casserole. Casey. <laughs> Casey Casserole. Now it's just American. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just American. Dude casserole does that word that word's a problem for most of us right yeah. or do we like it I like some it. casseroles are okay. indifferent some of them are indifferent toward you're indifferent towards the word casserole i'm indifferent towards the food too so <laughs> the food it is a single food um <laughs> um okay my bop um mura mura masa nice yes i uh i really do enjoy them actually um <laughs> It's like the British uh, attempt to keep up with the cool kids in America making fu- future bass. Yep. Uh, are Shut you, up. Are future you, bass is amazing. Are you? <laughs> it is good. It is. It's fine. It, it, don't don't try to convince him. It, it's amazing. <laughs> future bass is amazing. Are you there though? It's it's got great real. It's just it's it. Um, Flume is the master of taking like doing weird pitch in flow with the vocalist but this has got some of that going on and you're like thank you very much i'll accept <laughs> thank you very much i'll accept i that. remember when future bass was about liking anime and being cringe <laughs> and now it's about being popular and getting your songs played at festivals yeah some of it yeah. the festival core nature Fest- of it. okay but that's like more like uh we're talking you're talking like han solo i mean san holo type stuff <laughs> Like, there we are again. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like Rick big Romney. festival emotional bass. So isn't that is not yeah. that is not really future bass. Future bass at its roots was super experimental, super weird. Played around with timing and pitch, and it was jank. Yeah, that's what made it cool. Rip, that is what made it Rip cool. Rip Romney, though, I I and, heard. I, I I 
mentioned Rip Momney to Grant once, and then he just mentioned that he's like, yeah, I think Cody wants to kill them for some reason. I don't want to kill him. I just think their name sucks. <laughs> I think they're playing at Kilby. So they you are. Could they're go, playing Kilby Fest. You could go kill with them. like Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> that yeah, was a joke we're, we're for anybody listening because car seats coming. So there was like one band on it where I was like, oh, it'd be nice to see them, and now I can't. It's gonna it be. It, Mac DeMarco was the headliner that night. It should be fun. It'll be fun. It better be. I paid 60 bucks just to see Car Seat Headrest. <laughs> the Walters are playing. But you know what? I love Car Seat Which is pretty so. great. Car Seat. I, I've, I've wanted to. Will Torpedo, dude. I have to see the sad Will boy. Torpedo. I have to see that sad. <laughs> that sad furry. I have to see him. <laughs> that sad band furry. on there called Soccer Mommy. Get out of here. If he does a oh, always set playing. in a fursuit. He might. I would love that. But I think he's serious now. That's the problem. About being in a fursuit? No, about not being in a fursuit. No, 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 no. He he has his moments online where I go, because like, I follow him on Twitter, and, and he was like, I produced one of my favorite musicians of all time, and it was a furry album. Straight. That's awesome. And I was like, I was like, well... Wow. I mean, it's just bold to do that. Straight up, I don't agree with the attraction to animals, but they make good music. They do. And mm-hmm. Will Torpedo is no, no exception. Mm-hmm. All right. I think Cody. furries in general should never mind. Them, <laughs> anyway, you're never going to guess who I've been listening to this week. <laughs> Rush. Rush. <laughs> no, Dream Theater. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> the, my bop of the week. I Aaron <laughs> sent me all those videos from Rush on Friday last week. Dream Theater. And yeah, it's Dream Theater. Uh, yeah, whatever. My brain's I'm so tired. Band. I'm so tired. Anyway, um, you ate canes, so I ate canes. I got the itis. Um, listened to pretty much like, um, what's the first images, images and, words. and words? I was in that like four times in a row, and then I you know moved on to awake, and I forgot how good of a song Scarred is. That last couple minutes where it's just um, Mike Portnoy playing the drums faster. And then, like, he's just got double bass for, like, the last minute and a half. And Petrucci is just going crazy on his guitar, like, right over it. And it's, oh, it's so good. It's 11 very well-made minutes. The Mirror. Also a very good track. Is a great track. Labrie ruins it. He's, he's, not, he's not hard enough for that track. No. Labrie was never hard enough for the band. <laughs> never. I know. It's true. It's, I don't know. I like James Labrie up through, like, Train of Thought. And then after that, it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay, but I'm not there for James Labrie anymore. Do you, know, do you know what I think they would really benefit from? A little bit of screaming. Yes, and it's funny you mentioned that. Listen to James Labrie's like solo stuff sometime. Um, he released an album had to have been like 2013 because I remember listening to it a ton, like my first year of college. It's him, and it's not just him doing vocals. There's another person that does it with him on who I think also plays guitar, but screams on the album interesting and it fits super well nice yeah if you look on his spotify like the guy on the cover it's like a secret agent looking guy with like sunglasses and a suit on Yikes. it's very james labrie would have that kind of <laughs> know, cover. labrie labrie you just look at him you just go it's like you have powerful friends <laughs> yeah it's john petrucci <laughs> the man's built like a house dude that homie just putting his right foot up on the block <laughs> and just busting out a solo he's playing like taps with all four fingers crazy yeah no good times oh, all right nimwicks it's been a, it's been another week it has been another week. can't another believe logan week. got mad that i listened to rush and uh we will see you next week and uh to reinforce that point um let me take it away. See you next week. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. 
Oh my god. See ya next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shadow Haze abuse. <laughs> oh. He's the one that 